episode number 49 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are, of course, a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It's the week of May 27th, inching ever closer to E3. My name is Daryl. Today, I'm once again joined by Sergio. How are you doing, man? Hey, Daryl. I'm doing quite well. I, I, I'm sorry to jump the gun, but I wanted to announce that this is going to be a double XP weekend. If you listen to this podcast during the weekend, you're going to get double the enjoyment. So go for it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and the more you listen, the more you level up in jump points, and you can cash those in at the end for <laughs> like some awesome new skins and and wheels and stuff. It's amazing. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely listen to as many episodes as you can this weekend. Kevin, how are you doing, my friend? Man, you know, just hearing about the skins really excite me. I'm feeling really good right now. Uh, you know, it's been a great week. Just revved up. I've been playing this one game that I want to talk about. Uh, and I know y'all play some games too, so, you know, let's get to it. Yeah, so it's actually been a little while since we talked about games we were playing, which is kind of funny for a video game podcast, <laughs> but there's mm-hmm. been, uh, there's been a ton of news and stuff lately, so, I, I mean, <laughs> no regrets, but, you know, at some point you gotta talk about what you've been playing, so hey, that's this episode, we got a ton of games. Uh, Kevin, like... What, what what are we talking about? I kind of just buried the lead there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to be talking about games that we've been playing, basically. And, you know, for Very me, nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's Whoa. pretty... Uh, wow, that, what a surprise. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I just want to say, you know, shout out to Second Order for the uh, review game code for us. Uh, you know, we are very gracious and we're very thankful to have, you know, uh, companies, people like them, that were able to provide us with these game codes and you know it's nice to play these new awesome games that like I've never heard of Quaybook until we got the, the code so uh you uh, know no. uh, with with without further ado I mean Kevin you want to start into your game what have you actually been playing Yeah so I've been playing this game called Quaybook it is pretty much this awesome artwork artwork type of Building modeling clay game. Okay, so I say artwork because it is kind of like <laughs> a piece of artwork, but it's just made out of clay. You know, the whole game is made out of clay. Well, you know, besides the main menu, I mean, more so the environment. And <laughs> it's awesome because you go into these levels where you're like different shapes. So you could be a sphere or a cylindrical object or, excuse me, or yeah, cylindrical object or a, a cube, what have you, and be able to do different objectives so in certain levels there's levels where you have to eat chocolate now what do i mean by that so chocolate in the game is like molded into like different blocks of chocolate and you have a command with the controller where you can carve so you can carve your way through eating the chocolate to fulfill the objective and every level you can get up to three stars so depending on how well you do in the level it could be one star two star three stars depending on how how many objectives you have done in that level. Uh, besides eating chocolate, there's also objectives like reaching waypoints. You know, you have to be very strategic in using your mm. clay object because you're basically controlling your clay object to do certain things, traverse around the region, and be able to uh, get to certain waypoints. And once you do, you can get, you know, the number of stars. Uh, so, at, so for every level, uh, you can get up to 50% complete which is usually one star, and you can finish there. But, you know, if you want to be a completionist, you got to go for three. You got to go for the three. So, uh, and sometimes you can get two if it's too hard. So with, <laughs> with that being said, um, 
it's not just like you get one star, two star, three stars. You could get like two and a half, depending on how many, you know, the percentage of objectives that you do. So, <laughs> um, so a, little, a little interesting because usually it's one, two, three. It's not like 1.5 or two and a half or 2.3. Um, and with Quaybook, it I, I feel like it's a very interesting idea because, you know, you're pretty much this, you're, you're this, this boy, you know, with this controller in the background and you're controlling this Quay object. So, and that's one of the things that <laughs> Wait, I kind really? of thought was... Yeah, <laughs> and and it's like if you look at the images right now, if you were if you if you were to sorry excuse me if you were to look up just some images of Quaybook like just the maybe the tile screen or like different images on Google, you'll notice that there's a boy there. And like when you play the game, he's a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest here. It's a he's creepier than <laughs> than I imagine. And I say that because it's like you're this Quay object. You're within the perspective. Of this quite object, and then you have this giant boy, you know, controlling, <laughs> you, controlling the object. I'm like, whoa, you know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, as an adult, uh, it's a little bit strange. But I think if you were a kid playing this, you may or may not feel the same way. Um, that's just a very minor gripe. My biggest thing about this game is that you know, even though the clay is animated, you know, it's, it's animated. It's I don't think it's the most well executed um the graphical fidelities of just looking at the clay and how it moves even on handheld both handheld and docked mm, it's not as I, I guess i was expecting more of a 1080p you know type of like you know more sharpness like just you know ha have a bit more clear sharp i have a clear sharper image in in the clay but it, it was a little bit I felt a little muddy, but it was okay. I mean, it, it was still fun just to... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so it was still fun to be able to complete objectives as a clay object. And then one of the things that is really cool about this game is that you can... If you mess up, so if you're trying to get that, that block of chocolate that you want to eat at a different platform and you fall off the bridge, you can rewind. There's a rewind feature where you can rewind your steps and then be able to try it again um, within the same round. Now, although the thing about getting the stars, you're also timed as well. So, um, and, and the time is pretty much based on right, like how fast you can finish. And depending on how fast you finish, that will put you in the leaderboards, like how well you score up in the leaderboards. So uh, with that being said, when you rewind, you know, like just if you made a mistake and you rewind, you create something called a stamp. Now, a stamp is pretty much a uh, a temporary, like a mirror image, a copy of your koi object that you rewind it from. So you can use it to your advantage where, say, you have a gap in the bridge and you fall off. You can rewind, make a stamp, so you pretty much have a, oh, that's you know, cool. like that's a cool. pretty much like a, you fill that gap, right? Mm. And uh, then when you stop rewinding, you can just go through the, go through and cross the bridge. So... I think that's a really nice touch because there are certain parts of the game in the levels where I'm like, man, I got to keep trying this. Like I have to, you know, traverse within <laughs> this narrow, skinny platform and I, I would fall off like I think at least five times before I could get it right while still trying to eat that <laughs> chocolate block. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I thought that was the most interesting um, objective. Yeah, and there's a few different like objective uh, like win conditions, right? There's a, each, right. each level has kind of its own uh, from what I was seeing. Can you talk like... Which other ones did you see that you kind of liked? Yeah, so there's the waypoints, and the one thing, the one. So I mentioned the waypoints, like just to get to certain places within the the clay region, uh, the eat the chocolates. There's also one where you have to fill a bucket with water. 
Hmm. So, which is interesting because there's one level where you have this giant bucket. It's like kind of like this, it kind of like a pot, pottery bucket thing. And then there's water coming from different sides of the map. And then you have to try to, you know, uh, navigate the water to the point where it can just just fall into that bucket. So there's one level where there's like different, these little, these tower containers. They're not little. So they're tower containers. You fill them, you know, the water keeps going down to those, and then you have to carve into the bottom to make a hole so that the mm. so that the water can make can can find its way to the 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 bucket, which is the objective. So oh, that's cool. Uh, it was a, it was very interesting. I like that. I, again, I, I wish it looked a little better. You know, the I feel like you know it, the just playing it. I think the graphics could be a bit sharper, but it's a very that's a very minor thing for me. I just want to point it out though, just in case, because. Um, it was something that I noticed, but yeah, like so that was a different objective, and yeah, like it's and there was another one. Well, you still use the waypoints, but there was this one level where uh, water is just trying to chase you. I don't know where it's coming from. It, it felt very weird because you know when I think of water, like it's just gonna go in a way where you know it's more natural, right? Like you don't just have water just like flying all around the <laughs> flying all around the screen, <laughs> but it did. It was weird, and I mean, granted, like there was some platform to guide it but it was just coming out of nowhere like i don't know how it's happening and it's trying to make me not get to waypoints so there's a little bit of challenge in that um oh another thing too is that when you complete these objectives there are certain times where like uh you have to be a certain block to get to that platform and in order to do that you can do like a substitution like a pokemon where you you know you can swap with a different object so oh. say you're the the clay sphere right and then there's a platform you have to get to. It's like, okay, you have to make sure that a a big clay cube is there. So you'll traverse a little bit. You'll see the the cube, and then you press Y to transfer, you know, yourself from the that clay sphere to that big clay uh, cube. And then you you know you use the the joystick to move this the square uh, excuse me the cube around and you know try to. Maneuver away to that platform, and so that's pretty interesting. Did you find it um, controls a lot differently with the different shapes you have? Yes. So that's a very good point. Uh, your question. So there are certain shapes that allow you to traverse certain regions a lot easier. So if you are a uh, that a, a two by four or a rectangular prism, if you're a rectangular prism, you can go upstairs much easier than like a sphere. So there's 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 that. Oh, that's neat. Uh, yeah, and if you're a sphere, you can go up more like steeper, st steeper, you know, inclines a lot better. So just things like that, and they will give you hints too. So they're very nice about that. Um, and and if you mess up, you can use the rewind function, and you know, just take a step back and try it again within the same uh, session. So I I really like that. And uh, now there's the sandbox editor where you're able to create levels and Mm, I don't know. I the idea is great. You know, it's it's nice to be able to place objects in different parts of the map. But I thought that the controls were a bit clunky. It was a, a bit took a while for me to figure out. Okay, well, I can put this shape here, or I could do a preset with objectives, and then maybe customize that to a way where I would like it. You know, to look. And then there was one like a rocket ship where you get the control rocket ship. It's like wow, that's cool, right? It wasn't that cool at first because when I when I started using being a rocket ship, it's, it's literally a clay rocket ship. It looks really cool, but man, it is really hard to maneuver. And I'm just like, man, how do you how do you use it to maneuver to like higher platforms? I, I don't understand. Um, 
Now, while all this is going on, without within every level, the same piece of music plays over and over again. Now, I get that it's a very nice piece of music that is very it's tailored towards this type of game. You know, it's it's calm, it's it has a little jingle, it's friendly, but it's always the same piece of music every time. And I kind of wish that they could have incorporated a bit more different pieces of music into it, just to change it up and keep it more lively. Uh, give a good change up, but all good. Uh, that was the decision, and I mean, in, in all honesty, the music is pretty cool. It's just <laughs> it's just playing every single level. Uh, yeah, and so overall, I think it's a game that people can enjoy. It's just that I I feel like in terms of like the graphical output, it could look a little better. I like the idea of being a clay object to be able to maneuver and complete objectives. Um, it's it's kind of like it feels very liberating to be able to i think for me it's i'm a little biased because i love the idea of playing with clay you know like back in the days you know we used to play a lot of play-doh and oh sure you yeah know, and you got you know got my man gumby right i mean you cannot forget gumby <laughs> and then wallace and gromit i mean you know those guys they're the ogs right i mean <laughs> i gotta mention them right there so when i thought about clay book i thought about them and it just got me going that's why I was so excited to be able to volunteer to play this game. Cause I was like, "Yo, them Quay objects, man! I I, I got to get to this." And so yeah, and at it, yeah, at it's hard. This looks like one of the type of games that they they develop a, a pretty fun physics model around, and then just kind of iterate on level design based on the physics model. Uh, from what you're saying, it actually sounds like it's pretty successful at at that. You know, at, at giving you a pretty good physics based puzzle type game. That is the. I'm glad you brought the keyword up, physics. Yeah, it's a very, it does bring up, it, it does a do, good job with that. Uh, and that's why I enjoyed the experience of playing the game. I I enjoyed going through the objectives and trying to get those three stars. Because then the one thing that, so the, the hardest thing, and I mentioned this, this kind of level, eating the chocolates. Um, because when you carve, because you can use your object. Kevin's hungry to tonight, up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you Because when you, when you go around the region and... No, the thing that I want to mention is when you use your quay object to move around, you adapt to the colors that you move around to. Okay, so so if you're a white uh, quay object and you go in the you go into green, you turn green, and um, sometimes your object could be molded into different, like just slightly different shapes depending on where you go, like up the stairs or like maybe mm -hmm. going through water. So when I say that you need the chocolates level was hard it's hard because if you want to get three stars you have to get every single bit of chocolate and when you use the carve mm. control like just that carve command um sometimes you miss maybe that one little bit and then you want to try to rewind but then you make a stamp and then the thing is, is like when you make that stamp uh. you that adds you have to get that you have to eat that too because that's part of chocolate you just ate and so it's like okay well <laughs> mm, pretty hard right you know yeah i've been so there yeah so there's a subtle <laughs> difficulty type of thing there i'm like wow this is actually there's more nuance to it than i thought like it okay and, and i was actually quite impressed like wow okay like you can't you can't it's not easy it's not a cakewalk like this is you want to eat chocolate you better eat all of it you know what i'm saying like this is, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you gotta finish the whole deal this is not a joke so um <laughs> i gotta laugh at it every time but oh and man it was it's it's interesting because at that level i was trying to get three stars I got like 2.99 because I had one more percent 
just to get three stars, but I couldn't get it. I'm like, oh god, I guess I just have to like ah, oh, I tried it like multiple times. No, um, my perfection. <laughs> right, and when you see your progress in the menu, it looks like you have three stars, but you did not get three stars. Eh, close enough. Only two. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Bo- mm-hmm. Bottom line, uh, I mean, people people listen to us. Hopefully, uh, for for our opinions from time to time. Would you recommend this game to somebody who thinks it sounds interesting? Absolutely. I would recommend it. I think $15 is not a bad price. I think that if you have a kid and you want him or her to be exposed to a world of clay, I think this is a good game to get into. Um, I would like to say don't expect like the highest graphical output. Um, that's not the main focus, although that is something that I'm nitpicking. But I, I would recommend it to people. Um, I think it's a, it's a short game. I finished most levels within like a couple hours and... I played around with the sandbox editor. It it is pretty cool. Like but I think it just takes a while to get used to just because like, you know, the way you move the objects is a bit slower and and there's a lot of options to do. So so yeah, I, I would I would recommend trying it out. Um and cool. playing with friends. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well I mean that that sounds positive. So yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh and and yeah, again, shout outs, thanks to uh Second Order for their view code. Um so I think with that, I think we're going to jump over to uh, uh, Sergio and I have actually both kind of been playing a game. But Sergio, you want to you want to unveil it? Yes, for sure. So the next game we're going to be discussing is called Swords of Ditto, Mormos Curse. Nice. And it's a recently released game on the Switch. It's basically a top-down action RPG. Just think of a, a, an old-school top-down Zelda game, and, and you're pretty mm-hmm. much you got it completely but nice. it has a lot of uh, personality and style to it it's, it's very unique for sure uh, right away it just reminds me of like a saturday morning cartoon mm. yeah that's a good pull yeah n- not your typical like happy-go-lucky like cartoon it's more like a, a mellow but but it's still with a lot of charm and personality to it it has a little bit of comedy all of the characters are unique and very likable so at the start of the game, you know, you start in a, at the shore and you meet this character that is telling you what to do. Uh, eventually, you find out that you are called a sword or a sort of ditto. And even more eventually, you find out that there's a lot of swords. There's going to be a lot of heroes, basically, <laughs> uh, th- through your adventure. And, you know, the main objective is to fight this witch uh, called Mormo that is causing chaos in town. But the overall world is very charming and it's it's gonna catch you right away. Like if if you like it, you're really gonna like this game. So, um, it's like I said, there's a lot of personality and you can see a lot of NPCs just walking around doing their own things. You can talk to them. Some of them offer you side quests, like things to do or fetch quests. And it turns out actually you can, in order to level up and to advance in the game, you can either do these side quests or you can just say, oh, I'm, ju- I'm just going to fight enemies. Uh, it's basically up to you or you can do a good combination of both, which is what I was trying to do. Um, either way, the point is to level up and the more enemies you defeat or the more quests you do, you level up. Eventually, once you reach level 5, I believe, you get a chance to go for the boss again. Uh, my thinking is that that's not going to be the end of it, though. I, I was able to level up, I want to say, like, in an hour, or an hour and a half or, or so. So my guess is that once you do reach the boss, you might be able to go in a boss fight. 
But I'm pretty sure that's going to be just the start of another sort of, you know, or another change in, 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 in you know, in I'll say you're on the right track, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what, what you kind of didn't mention is that the character that you start the game with dies in like five minutes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Whoa. So the, the basic gameplay hook of this, this is kind of like uh, a procedurally generated world version of Zelda kind of in like you you described it really well a cartoon art style like specifically almost kind of the kind of the art style of like an adventure time or you know like a more modern cartoon style just in the hand-drawn looking i actually i think it looks really good like i think it's appealing to look at the enemy designs are pretty cool uh but you 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 go around this zelda world until you either uh you, you you go back and actually fight the witch or at some point you die. Uh, when that happens, it just restarts the cycle and you are a brand new character uh, and the world shifts so everything moves where you where it's positioned and you start again. And mm. that's just kind of how it goes. Now, uh, very, very slight spoiler. This is not critically important. But when you do defeat the, the witch, it basically just says... Oh yeah, congratulations! But she'll come back in a hundred years. So guess what? You then start the game again <laughs> with a new character a hundred years later, and you get some perks for doing that. So it's it's pretty cool. And there's like this overarching story if you beat it a set number of times doing X Y Z. Um, I haven't done everything in it yet, but I did get through one cycle uh, and started playing the second cycle, and I was like, oh okay, I get I get what this game is trying to do. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if you felt this. So for me. This was the that was the main gameplay hook of this game. I mean, all the trailers show it that you are right. all these different characters and they all can do these different things and they come with different items and, and stuff. All of that is true. The problem I have with it is I dumped hours into the first character. Like I think if you have that hook, you should really like uh, for me, I thought they should have flexed that a little bit more and maybe just have the cycle a little bit shorter or you know, some version of I get more characters faster. I kind of mm. Yeah, because as it was for a long time, I was just like, well, yeah, this is pretty much just a, a cartoon Zelda clone. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, right. And then once it, you know, once I completed the cycle and I got, uh, I, I, I did what I did, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It just took a really long time to get there for me. And it, that was kind of a bummer. Now, that what, I, what I'll say is that the stuff that I've seen in the second cycle... Uh, in terms of like all the enemies are completely different and the world is is different uh it right, right. seems a little darker a little harder uh and i i came back with like new items and stuff so it was pretty cool i came back as this mouse hero the second time i was pretty happy about um <laughs> so i i don't know i i will probably keep playing this game uh it it's it's an odd one for me to really place cuz i i've had fun with it like I've definitely had fun with it. It's just kind of a, this is definitely kind of a, uh, the game kind of carves out its own little niche, you know? Right, right, right. And, you know, uh, like you mentioned, once you, once you start a game, you, you you die pretty much uh, pretty soon thereafter, but it gives you a hint of some of the items that you're going to be using. Uh, The game calls them toys. And I believe you can have up to four different toys. And basically those are the items you're going to be using in, you know, like we said, you die soon and then you start with a brand new character and you have to get new toys and you have to start from scratch, basically. But it, it gives you a hint of where what you can do and you can also, you get batches, which you can add elemental 
aspects to the toys like if you want to add poison damage or mm-hmm. fire damage to to you know to damage a specific enemies a certain way so th- there's a lot of little like rpg uh, elements to the quote unquote a traditional Zelda formula but it yeah it's really it's really cool really likable uh the game really does reward you though if you kind of like want to take a risk uh sometimes you find this area that is guarded by a lot of really strong enemies but mm. hey you, if you want to stick with it in in go for it you, you you get a lot of rewards and basically i haven't come to a roadblock basically so if you want to take your time and, and you're skillful enough you can uh keep going basically wherever you you end up in the world so with with all that being said when you like the whole hundred year thing does the character age or is it like a completely different character because when i think of hundred years i'm like oh like it's, it's an all new that... character <laughs> oh, okay like it could be a new species of character <laughs> like it's, it's oh, all wow. new. yeah and the toys that you find in the next cycle are, are different and uh, so yeah, you, you touched mm. on this, Sergio, and I, I really want to kind of hammer it in the toys that you get. So, like, the think of them as, like, kind of your sub-weapons in a Zelda-like. Um, right. And you have some pretty standard ones, like a bow and arrow um, and bombs and such. But you also have some really fun ones. Um, particularly, my first run through, I bought a bowling ball that you could, like, roll, and it goes through a bunch of enemies and damages more the more it hits. And so oh, nice. you oh. can kind of control it, too. It was great. Um, then in my second run, my character started with this, uh, I think they call it a Henshin outfit, which basically you when you activate it, it turns you into a giant, and you start walking around and, and beating stuff up. Uh, so I, I got to say, like, the the... Sub weapons, other than just your sword, are a lot of fun. Really well thought out. Um, I've really enjoyed that part of it a lot. Right, right. So it's basically made out so that whenever you're on an next round with an next character, it encourages you to explore different uh, different items, different toys, basically. And you know, you can have the different toys and also add different element element aspects to them to change it up even more. Um, yeah, and the game does have co-op. I haven't tried it, but basically um, whenever somebody wants to play, uh, they can just uh, press a button on the controller and they can join you in your adventure. I guess if anything, if if I had any complaints with the game, it it's a little slow in terms of... I'm trying to remember if... like I, I, I want to say that it's a traditional or your typical Zelda game. It's a little more faster paced. And that kind of threw me off a little bit. I kind of had to get used to the slow pace of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, once you do, it, it's it's there. It, it does also suffer from a little bit of slow loading. Uh, even when you yep. go from one room to another in like a dungeon. It, it's a little bit of putting, but you, you also get used to that. Well, how slow are we talking about? Like 20 seconds? or just, Oh, uh... no, 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 no. But it, it's, oh, okay. it's just enough that the screen pops up and you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, if you do the thing where like you go up the stairs and then you forget that you got to hold down instead of up, and then you go back down the stairs, it's like you just want to pull <laughs> yes. your hair out. Oh no! <laughs> so it's not it, honestly, a... <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, it's just a thing. Uh, so uh, and oh, one more thing. Uh, how's the music in this game? Uh, I think that was one thing that I was curious about. Like really interesting, music... Sergio. Take mm. that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, and, and it goes. It goes with the theme of the game, like the the atmosphere of like a like a cartoony type of uh, very dynamic too. Um, something else that is very dynamic in the game is the weather. 
It can be day mm. or nighttime. It can be cloudy. It can start raining whenever. And, you know, the, mu the music changes with mm -hmm. that. But I, I think it's, again, That's it's cool. low pace, kind of like the game, but it's really cool music. It, it just goes with whatever's going on. And I'll say this. I didn't <laughs> really like the main overworld, overworld theme uh, until... I got to the second cycle and it's all different. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, well, that's, nice. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> like, So it, it definitely has some hooks. My only real complaint about the game, I, I, I share yours that it's a little bit slow. The game's a little sleepy, honestly. Uh, mm -hmm. But my only real complaint is that it takes a while to get into what seems to be the cool stuff, you know? Um, right. Which is not... It's not the worst complaint in the world. It's just something that I'm like, man, I wish I'd, I wish I'd known this because, you know, as it was, I was kind of going through the first cycle. I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but it's just kind of, okay, it's just, you know, it's just a thing. Um, and then once you kind of open up the game a little bit, it gets a lot more intriguing. And that's, uh, I, I don't know, I wish I wish that were a little more focused on. But, mm -hmm. yeah, the music is almost... Um, it's almost kind of childish, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, it's it's mm. just kind of lighthearted and and uh, quote unquote like fluffy <laughs> uh, in the first <laughs> the first cycle especially. And so and there's there's a lot of they do a lot of fun little riffs on it, like uh, the fast travel mechanic, which there is one is uh, air kazoo, and you you like play the kazoo, and it has this little song that plays uh, when. Uh, a bus comes and picks you up when you play your your magical kazoo. Uh, <laughs> is that honestly kind of catchy and kind of annoying and kind of amazing? I, I don't know. I, I like it. Uh, the one other thing I will say, so depending on the uh, difficulty that you set at the beginning of the game, so you can go easy, normal, hard, uh, you have a set number of days that you have to complete as much as you can before you have to, literally have to go challenge the witch. So it mm. does force you um which is kind of what i'm asking about it's just a little late it's a little long mm, so so how does it work in terms of timing because i when when they told me that you know you have a certain amount of days i was looking for like a time bar or because i, I kind of wanted <laughs> no, to take my time really to explore known. but <laughs> it, it, it's it's not all that uh out there it, you know mm. or, or advertise it does so when you reach the final day it does like majora's mask you and just say a uh, final day <laughs> you know uh so that, that gave me a pretty good laugh uh but yeah for the most part I, I was just mostly trying to keep track of days and nights and f to put it into perspective if you were to stay in the overworld the entire time which is not the best way to do this game uh then i think on normal it's it's roughly like a 46 minute cycle like it, after 46 minutes at the, in the overworld, you would go challenge the, the witch, period. Um, but the problem is the timer does not continue when you actually get into the dungeons. So as you're exploring the dungeons and stuff, you can take a lot longer mm, than that. Mm. Um, so I think I think with me, I didn't really time it, but I think with me, I probably spent about three hours on the first cycle, which, like I said, just kind of feels a little, a little long. Yeah, and, and, and I can see how, you know, you can get attached to your character in the way, the, the toys you have, the items, and the way you're you're progressing to the game based on those toys. And then, you know, there's a point where that's going to all change, and you, you kind of, maybe not, you're not looking forward to that. Uh, just with all that being said, would you guys recommend this to every, everybody, anybody, like even through a community? Like, who do you recommend this game to? I would say I would recommend it for somebody that is looking for something like a Zelda game with mm. a few changes. Uh, you know, th there are uh, definitely enough changes. I think the biggest one is the fact that there's NPCs and there's uh, side quests that you can 
do instead of just uh, focusing on fighting enemies. Um, also, the enemies can hit themselves, like they can hurt themselves. You can actually use that to your advantage if you kind of set them up in a way right. that basically they're always shooting at you, but there's enemies in the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. But yeah, there's a lot of little changes. Just again, it's a little bit slow pace as long as you don't mind that too much. Definitely, I would recommend it, especially if you're looking for something with a lot of charm. Yeah, and so the normal price is fifteen bucks. The sale—it's on sale right now. So hey, good timing. Uh, and it just went on sale. So in theory, it'll be still on sale when you're <clears throat> you're listening to this. Uh, so it's on sale for like ten fifty. And for that, yeah, I'd recommend it to anybody who can kind of look at it and say, you know, a, a kind of a remix game in the Zelda One style uh, with these graphics. It's pretty straightforward exactly what it looks like what it sounds like so you know watch a video if it appeals to you it's going to appeal to you i mean it's kind of surface level there and uh it's once i kind of got into it it's slightly more fun to play than i expected it to be so that was actually kind of nice right <laughs> right right it, it, it does take a little bit to to really get going and then i guess what's once it gets going it's going to change again if maybe you if, if maybe that interests you like um a sequence of smallish Zelda games that are going to be changing every time. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, this is this is uh, just to say it again. Swords of Ditto: Mormo's Curse. Uh, it is pretty much the only thing like that that I've seen. So it's pretty neat. Um, True. F- for the record, uh, this game was supplied to us by a friend of the show, listener Darkus, uh, who is in our community. Definitely, mm. you know, a huge shout out and thanks to him for letting us. You know, giving us the ability to play this because this is not something I probably would have picked up on my own, and I've actually enjoyed my time with it. So, yeah, um, definitely, definitely huge thanks to him. And just, I mean, <laughs> you know, point of record for anyone else, if you want us to talk about a game, buying it for us, eh, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, I, I'm, 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 it's a pretty good chance. You know, I, honestly, I was, I was a little humbled by that. So, again, thanks for that. And I think, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for uh, Swords of Ditto, unless either of you has anything else. No, I just, well, I don't really have much to say, but yeah, just as you mentioned, shout out to Darkest. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's pretty awesome to hear what you guys have to talk about with this game. I mean, yeah, like the art style is very appealing. Uh, it does, it, it makes me feel warm inside just even looking at the, <laughs> the screenshots. I'm like, man, like this is quite a quite a looker. <laughs> so, yeah, th- thank you, Darkest. And I, I do want to keep playing more. I want to go at least uh, to the second round of the game and see what character I get. Yeah, you actually get to pick. So based on badges that you pick up in the, the oh, nice. first round, it gives you a bunch of different options. So I got to pick my little mouse warrior, and I was happy about that. So <laughs> yeah, um, I was you know I was happy with how it turned out on the second cycle. I want to play it through uh, one or two more cycles, and just uh, I, I may give an update if anything significant cha- significant changes. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. don't expect it to. I kind of just expect it to be an iteration at this point. But right. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. So I, I'm gonna actually jump sure. into. I've been playing three other games. So ouch. Uh, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna jump into uh, the other game that I'm I'm probably most excited about right now, uh, which is actually it just came out. It's called Crystal Crisis. Uh, so this is a game that's published by uh, Nicholas, uh, who famously have kind of taken over the Binding of Isaac and Cave Story and 1001 Spikes and a bunch of other games. They, they've been doing a lot of things uh, right by Nintendo uh, by bringing a bunch of these games out. Mm. So right. this Sweet. was their attempt at a 
crossover, mega crossover with a lot of their properties and properties of other companies uh, in the uh, Super Puzzle Fighter style. So it is a puzzle game, one-on-one competitive puzzle game uh, that has <laughs> full online play. It has characters from the games I just mentioned. Uh, it has Isaac from The Binding of Isaac. It has uh, Quote and Curly Brace from Cave Story uh, and and one of the enemies. Uh, and a, a, just a bunch of other characters. I don't, I don't want to name them all. But So I will say this, and I, I'm going to preface this as plainly as I possibly can. I had never played Super Puzzle Fighter. Uh, I am not that good at this style of puzzle game. In fact, I'm pretty terrible at it. If the uh, ranked online mode gives me any indication, I'm, I'm not very good at this game. Uh, it does not seem to matter. I'm really enjoying it. I have a right. lot of fun with it. So... Uh, and I'm not the only one who's been playing it. So, uh, Sergio, you, you've been playing a little bit of it too, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and like you, it's been a really long time since I played um, Super Puzzle Fighter. And that was just a couple of times in the arcade. And even then, you know, there's a couple of little differences on this one that kind of put it on its own uh, type of puzzle strategy. I guess the biggest one being that once you rotate the blocks and if they're sideways, you can actually go off the edge of the screen and kind of split them. Uh, yeah. If if you know if, wow. if a certain color works on the left side and the other one on the right, yeah, you can do that for sure. And each character has a special either defensive or offensive uh, attack to basically add garbage blocks to your opponent's field. And depending on how things are going, you can uh, decide. Well, I could use some defense right now. And some of the characters have just one one attack or defense. And another, some other characters have like a, a tier. You can do level one, two, or three of yeah, your defense. Yeah, and it builds up offense. like a super meter, kind of. Right. Hmm. So the more you clear blocks, it fills your meter, and then when it reaches a certain point, either in a three-tier system or just a fill-it-all-the-way-to-the-top type system, then you can actually press uh, either the L button for a defensive one or the R button for an offensive one. And each character has their own set of right. powers, which is kind of neat, actually. Yeah, yeah, it definitely encourages you to try them all out and also to, when you're fighting the, you know, the, the opponents, you get to see what their uh, attacks and defenses are, and you might find one that you like. Yeah, so specifically, uh, Curly will uh, remove, like, her offensive attack will remove the bottom so many rows, depending on which tier you use, of the opponent's screen which sounds like a, a bad thing for you, but then it adds it as garbage blocks on top, right. which is <laughs> so it like all the structure that they've developed kind of down at the bottom, it then just makes it completely unusable, which is great. Um, and then there's this, there's this ninja who actually turns the opponent's blocks invisible. So, well, like you can see that there's blocks there, but you can't see their color anymore. So then you've, oh, you're wow. suddenly working on memory and such. Uh, there's another one that just like rearranges opponents' blocks, and and there's another one that it's the zombie, and he spreads a virus to the blocks, which really really is annoying. Um, th- there's a lot of variety here, uh, like a surprising amount right. for a, a puzzle game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you said, you know, you once you start playing the game, uh, it it does take a little while to get used to even the basic formula. You kind of uh, how do I destroy these blocks again? And, and, you know, there's a couple of little 
differences to the main formula, but I feel like the more you play, the more you subconsciously uh, start getting the hang of things and you start realizing that. Gosh, I hope you, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you for sure you do. Basically, it's good to keep the same uh, crystals of the same color together. And then if you want to throw in uh, like a destroyer crystal here and there and hopefully uh, get a chain, even by luck, I mean, it's part of the game. Yeah, so this is not a standard like match three, match four, or anything like that. It it you get these standard blocks, in, like of the four main colors, and you try to link as many colors blocks as you can. So if you get red, you want to make big red blobs of these blocks, and then every once in a while, uh, a special crystal comes down of a certain color. That if that crystal touches any blocks of that color, then all of those blocks in that chain are destroyed. Right. So if you made this <laughs> huge red chain all the way in your uh, area and then you hit that with the special red crystal then you will build a ton of meter you'll send a ton of garbage blocks over to the opponent and uh, it'll clear a ton off your map so it's really really good right yes uh, it's just making all of that actually happen while in the context of the game is is it takes a a different mindset and it's something that I've kind of, I'm, I'm learning and I'm getting better, but man, I ooh, coming in, I was, <laughs> I was humbled pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it does take a while in, in, I mean, of course you can set up change too. Like we said, at first you probably in, gonna end up doing that just by luck, but eventually once you start really getting the hang of things for sure, you can set up a lot of crazy stuff for sure. And then the one other thing that I really want to note is the presentation of this game. So, again, it's it's a puzzle game. It's a block puzzle game. Playing it is just, it's like aesthetically pleasing. Like, it, it looks really good for whatever reason. Like, the blocks kind of bounce when you, you, like, slam it down and things like that. And it just, it's very uh, visual, really, really nice, nicely done. Uh, the standard uh, view mode is actually on kind of an angle for the, the grid, which is kind of weird for a puzzle game. <laughs> you can turn that off. You can make it flat 2D, and it, it, looks, it still looks good, and I did that eventually. Um, the other thing, so all the characters look great. There's some cutscenes and such in in the game, and right. there's a there's a narrator of the game, and the narrator is Ooh. actually the voice of Optimus Prime, and it is hilarious. Wait, it is what? so funny. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. He's like, who who dares look in the eyes of evil? And it's just like, man, Optimus. Okay, all right, you're cool. <laughs> no, that's, that's I was nice pretty happy right about that. <laughs> Oh, and the music's yeah. really good, and it's just—I don't know. I like I—I'm a fan of these characters. I'm a fan of the company, and the gameplay is really solid. The presentation is really f- good, and it's just fun. I've just been having like, and again, I'm not very good at this game. I'm just having a lot of fun with it, and that—if anything, to me—that's the most telling thing I could say is that I don't consider myself great at the game, and I'm still having a ball. So, hey, there you go. Now, that's really telling, and I'm I appreciate you saying that because you know when you get into these sort of competitive, like puzzle fighting games or even just certain games in general, you know, it, there are certain games where it's like okay, well, you have to be as decent level to have fun. But the way you describe it is like no matter your skill level, you can still have fun, and I think that is a very good uh, hallmark for any game to be at. So you know, kudos to them. I mean, that's how a game should be for a competitive game. I mean. Uh, to have it be that welcoming, uh, that's that's great. Yep. So yeah, for sure. Again, that's that's Crystal Crisis. 
Uh, just came out. A lot of people talking about it. A lot of people liking it. It was <laughs> it was actually balanced by uh, fighting game legend Justin Wong, which is kind of cool. Uh, he he wow. helped with the balance of it. So I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that they've done with this game <laughs> that kind of just appeal to me in particular. So I don't know. I I I've been enjoying it like crazy. Um, I do want to awesome. touch on on one more game that I've been playing, and then I'll throw it over to you, Kevin, for uh, one that you've been playing. Uh, but <laughs> I have been playing the Castlevania Collection. Um, yes, that just came Very out good. on Switch. <laughs> it's eight classic Castlevania games, and when I say classic, I mean before Symphony of the Night, right. uh, before mm-hmm. the Metroidvania Switch of the series. This is the level based uh, Castlevania side scrolling platforming goodness uh and so i didn't realize that this was such a hole in my gaming history because i've talked about it on the show before uh i have played before this game came out i had played two castlevanias in my life uh one of them was uh dawn of dawn of sorrow which is one of the (laughs) aforementioned uh metroidvania styles on the on the Mm -hmm. ds really good by the way but it doesn't count for this conversation. The only other one I had ever played was Castlevania II Simon's Quest, which... Ooh, that one is very legendary. It's legendary for the wrong reasons. I know. Um, <laughs> which utterly confounded me as a kid. Like, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I actually, playing it now, I actually realized I made it pretty far in the game somehow, and I have no idea how I did. Um, but... Man, there's a lot of that's just a, a game of systems on systems that uh, in bad translations and all sorts of things that just lead to the game being kind of awful to actually play. Um, anyways, so this is my first time actually playing the first Castlevania game. It's my first time playing uh, Castlevania three. It's gonna be my first time playing Castlevania four. I'm super excited. I gotta say, I am loving this. I am really <sighs> enjoying it D- to the point that if I had played these games back on NES, they would be among my favorite NES games. Period. Um, oh, and that makes me happy just to hear you say it because like these are just some of the best games uh, on the Nintendo platform. I mean, and I I just want to say uh, Bloodlines is underrated. I I love that one. Um, yeah. Have you played that one yet? No. Yeah. I mean. No. Okay. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm going in order. Um, okay. so I, I went through, I beat Castlevania one, which, uh, excellent experience. I, I cannot believe how well thought out this game was in the first game. It just mm. like, there's, there's a little bit of like the, the NES jankiness a little bit here and there, you know, things a little too hard here and there. And, and I, I may or may not have used a save state once or twice. Um, you know, don't hate me. I actually played most of the stages just straight up, and near the end, it gets a little brutal, uh, <laughs> and ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. But uh, so I, I played all the way through Castlevania One, super enjoyed it. Then I went back and I fulfilled my childhood dream. I played all the way through Castlevania Two: Simon's <laughs> Quest for the first time ever using an online walkthrough. Because why would you ever not do that with that game? Um, <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah there are, there are certain parts where <laughs> it it's like and i'll say yeah, i said it confounded me as a kid it confounds me as an adult i have no idea how you're supposed to know some of the stuff that you got to do in that game uh oh man apparently you've got friends in all these other towns but it never actually bothers to tell you what the town names are which is really funny um <laughs> so yeah it's Man, that game is is confusing. But I gotta say, uh, if you got a walkthrough telling you where to go, there's a lot of fun stuff in that game. Like it's a, mm. it's a lot of fun to play. 
the only real problem is that you have no idea where you're supposed to go at any given point. You, how would you possibly know that you're just supposed to go over here and kneel until something happens? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but again, super fun game. And now I'm working my way through Castlevania three, which I think is probably the most renowned of the NES games. Uh, and again, super fun. It's, it goes back to the Castlevania one style. So those games are actually very similar until you get some different characters in Castlevania three, which is kind of interesting the way they, they come in. Um, I, I like that I'm, I'm playing as Trevor Belmont and I'm, I'm, you know, going to the castle. I'm trying to kill, uh, Dracula and there's this curse and it's horrible. And I met this guy named Grant. I'm like, your name is Grant, really? Like, I'm Trevor Belmont. No, it's Grant, and and he's Great like, name. he's like, hey, take me along. I'm like, okay, sure. And then he, and then he says, I'm really fast. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. You can't beat him. Join him. Cool, I guess. Anyways, um, no, I'm I'm really like, like I said, and I I can't downplay this part. Uh, if I had played either of those games, one or three on the NES instead of the second one, um, I, it would have led to a very different opinion of the Castlevania series to me. Mm. I, I only played the second one. I was just like, eh. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's a little unfortunate. I, I actually completely missed out on Castlevania four, which I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, I don't know, pick this up for 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks for eight games. You cannot beat that. Um, Great even deal. if you don't want to play all the games, there's at least four or five really good games here. So, yeah, go for it, in my opinion. You know, I personally don't have that collection, but I would highly recommend it anyway for those who want to get into Castlevania. I mean, it is one of the one of the best series out there. I mean, just the, the, the dark, morbid environment with, you know, really just this music that just gets you going, your blood flowing, the adrenaline rush. and oh, Some uh, of the yeah, best music I mean, on the system, easily. Yeah, like oh, yeah. in the first three games, there are like a dozen bangers of songs, like just really good songs all through them, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's okay. And I always knew Castlevania had good music, but I never really understood exactly what that meant. Like the first track that the first Castlevania plays is a freaking banger. It's amazing. It's such a good song. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's oof. I'm I'm digging this game. I really am. And I got to say, uh, it's it's interesting because they very specifically tried to make these games look like an old school monster movie in the in to the point yeah. that they even have like the film lines around the title screen and stuff like they really tried to make this a monster movie. And I got to the credits of the first game and the credits have the names of the classic actor, the actors that played the classic uh, like Wolfman. It has like Lon Chaney's name in the credits of Castlevania as the Wolfman. I'm like, Oh man, you guys are playing around. This is great. <laughs> it also says music by James banana, which I just thought was hilarious. So <laughs> Yeah, the James Banana. Anyways, yeah, uh, full recommendation. That's this is probably a nine plus out of ten for me so far. Um, very, very happy with the collection. Very yeah, good. and it's it's a great way to get introduced to the series as a whole, or to the classics, because like you said, um, Symphony of the Night really changed the way Castlevania is, and in a lot of us, myself included, for the most part, we haven't really experienced the traditional Castlevania experience of old and here it is uh, most of it in in old really good games definitely yeah I, it's uh these are just games that you must play 
uh, no matter what kind of video gamer you are. It, these are just, it's totally worth, I mean, for 20 bucks, I mean, hell yeah, how could you miss out? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's $2.50 per game. Yep, yep, mm. I made that back already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> good stuff. All right, uh, so Kevin, I mean, we put this off for a couple weeks, and, and I'm not expecting like a full review or anything, but do you want to talk about uh, what you have done so far? Eh, maybe no no real spoilers, but what your feelings are on Final Fantasy X? Absolutely. So I've been playing Final Fantasy X HD Remastered, not X2 yet, but Final Fantasy X. Been playing it for a while. I am 26 hours in, and you know, from I've just been loving it. You know, hour after hour. I mean, just and I say that because it really, and I f- have this regret of not being able to play it much earlier, despite the fact that I did not have a PS2 at the time and. I just I missed out until now, and you know, it, it is, it is aged very well. Given that it's a remastered, but I mean, you know, the the combat system, uh, it, that has aged pretty well. I love the fact that when you're in battle, you can switch your characters, um, you know, back and forth. Yeah. And and you need to do that anyway because if you don't do that and you win the battle, the characters that you did not use will not get the experience points. So I think that's very encouraging to do, and. It, you know, it. It's also it, nice that you don't have to waste a turn to do it. Like that, you just swap exactly. them in, and then they're ready to go. Mm. And you're like, oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing about the battle lane system as well is that uh, when when you do status alignments, like when you're blinding somebody or you're silencing them, like it, it's a legitimate thing. Like they, it, there is some accuracy to it, you mm-hmm. know. And people, and like when you blind a monster you will see that the monster will miss his attack. I, I think there's a lot of times in, in different Final Fantasies where, you know, you blind them, but half the time they're still able to get their attack off. And, you know, or it just not, never works in the first place. Ne- <laughs> right, it just never works. And what I like about Final Fantasy X doing this is that the status alignments are intentionally done well. And I think that was just a minor complaint that I've had over the years of using those things in different Final Fantasies. So... Very good. And, you know, the characters, uh, the voice acting, I, I, there's been a lot of gripe <laughs> with it. You have, y'all have to consider the fact that... I like this is it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, I've heard people say that they hate it. You know, I think it's charming. Uh, it's kind of charming. Well, it's, it's like, purposely kind of corny, and I kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah, like, Auron's voice, like, or Auron's, like, he, he has, like, this... It's like a cool, like, this... Well, I've been through a bunch of battles, veteran type of voice that I just find very appealing. And Waka is like this cross between, <laughs> yeah, like you know, he's just like this surfer Hawaiian dude who's just like chilling and who, but it's serious at the same time. I'm like, man, this is so cool. Like, I, I, I thought it was a good. I actually like that one the most. Waka has a has a really good uh, voice, and which you know you will meet early on in the game. So. Now with there's there's a mini game, uh, I, I I try not to spoil it, Duro, but like there's a mini game called you know Blitzball, you know I, yep. you will eventually get to play it. I already did. I'm very mixed. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I'm very mixed about it. I'm very mixed. I you know I I think it's cool that they have the mini game in there. It's not my favorite mini game though. I don't think it's my favorite mini mini game. There are certain times where it's it is slightly difficult to you know figure out how to dribble away from the. The opponents or if there's certain actions that you want to do, like pass the ball or something like a lot of times 
like I'm unsuccessful. I think it maybe might be me just because like I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, have enough. I don't know what, what like the certain number of points in order to offset their power points so that like I got a successful attack or or excuse me, a shot at the goal, things like that. Yeah, if this sounds um, confusing. It's because it is. It really it is. is. Yeah. It it is. And every action you take has a chance of failure depending on if they try hmm. to block it or not and. It's kind of hard to determine, like definitively, if something's gonna work or not. It, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'll say once I kind of figured it out a little bit, it's fun, kind of. <laughs> but that's not what I'm gonna play that game for, you know? Yeah. Like this is not. It, it's not a great sports game. <laughs> so no, I'd, I'd prefer just to play the RPG. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. And you know, like for the first, or not the first, the the that one game where you know you're it's a, the tournament finals like you want to win that game like you know there's just like you just want to win that game and I I already played that match like ten times <laughs> so it was, it was pretty hard. Did you beat um, the goers? I did beat the goers. Nice. <laughs> I I spent I had to re- retry retry because I I you know I want the prize man I want to be recognized as the tournament winner <laughs> so in the game so uh it's cool that they're they allow you to play blitz ball. Know for most save points, you know, when you get to a save point, you're like oh, I want to put some blitz ball, take a break, sure, play some blitz ball. I have never cool. picked that option, not <laughs> once. I played the now. first match, which is ironically like the hardest in the entire game, and then uh, it is, yeah, that's it. That's yep. that's all I've done. Yep. <laughs> you, you know, it's not to have the option though, but yeah, I, I I feel you. And yeah, let's see. There are certain characters that you meet along the way that you will encounter time and time again. And you either fight them and get rewards depending on whether you win or lose. Um, and you know, the one thing that I really like about the battle lane is that for the boss battles, there are different ways to win the, the boss battle um, without spoiling it too much. There's one battle where you can either defeat the enemy or push the enemy off a ledge and, or the enemy pushes you off the ledge and you lose, but you can still continue. So there's different objectives. So it's like different different outcomes with different results, or excuse me, different results, different outcomes, different prizes. So it, it really, uh, I, I think that's nice. There's a variety of how to, you know, uh, like if you want to be able to go for the the objective that has the best prize, you know, it's not going to be the one that you killed off the enemy. It may be, but it depends on the situation. So I thought it's nice to have the option. Uh, you know, and... I gotta say, like the the outfits they use in this game, very stylish. Although I heard in X two, it's even more epic. But I do like the outfits. It's it's very, you know, when you hear about the document the the documentaries, there's one in particular about Final Fantasy X in general, and they talk about how you know in previous Final Fantasies they went for a more European centric theme style look. Uh, for for Final Fantasy X, it's more of a Southeast Asian type of spiel, and I really like that. I think they played off very well. And let me just say, Daryl, you can you probably will agree the music is pretty darn good. Like it still it still holds up to this day, even with the um, the remaster edition. Like man, oh for sure. <laughs> that- and you can pick like the original or the remastered. I. Most people who played the original game like swear by the original. I went with the remastered just because that one little sample track sounded better. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really regretted that. Like it, the music's really good. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, definitely. And I'm the same way. I stick with the remastered. Um, I did try the original for a little bit, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I got got to play with the, uh, the newer version. So, yeah. And I think leveling up is nice. You know, being able to, you know, just uh, use that Sephir grid to have that versatility to have your character get certain buffs and, and different abilities. Uh, although there there is one thing where for a long time I wasn't able to get a certain uh, a, a sphere, but then later on when you fight more enemies, you'll start to eventually get them. So it's a progression. And yeah, and another thing too is that there is a specific language that you can start to learn in the game. Well, learn as in like you get to be... If, uh, you'll you'll get exposed to it, and you have to collect certain books to reveal the language in English. So I thought that was pretty nice. I I I hope I got all of them so far. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's easy to miss, man. I mean, and, and you know, the thing about me is that like I love talking to every single NPC NPC or just all the characters I can within that scene. If I miss one and I go to another scene, I'm like, oh gosh, what if they had a, you know, an item that I can get, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 I got to talk to them. You have to. Yeah. This is part of I, got, I have to fight that. Otherwise the game gets really bogged down. That's, that's actually uh-huh. one of my main problems. Yeah. I keep saying kind of the same type things of, you know, RPGs feel kind of slow in the beginning and such. If you give me a lot of stuff to do, I have to really fight not to do all of it. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean it can it can get pretty tedious. So I mean either way, like um, it's it's fine. You go uh, up to a guy and you talk to him, and he's like, "Oh man, that monster was crazy." And I'm like, "Why did I talk to you? I don't." But, this but then didn't sometimes, do anything. <laughs> but then sometimes it'd be like, "Oh, that monster's crazy." But here's an item. And it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah. great." So I got something out of it. So yeah, and uh, I don't know how far you got to this, Daryl, but you know, in certain. Uh, these temples, you there are different puzzles, and I yep. thought there there's some that are nicely crafted. They're a bit intuitive. Um, some of them took a while to figure out, but uh, yeah, I, I think it they it's nice to have a variety of different ways to go throughout the game. Um, yeah, uh, overall, I really like what I'm seeing so far in terms of you know just playing with it, you know, and um, yeah, like. I'm I'm still in love with this game. The music is amazing, obviously, and yeah, the graphics. I mean, with looks really good on the Switch. I play on it in handheld ninety percent of the time, and yeah, it looks great. great. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, still going. I um, I would like I'd love to finish it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's something that I've been waiting for for a while, and yeah, it's been a nice ride so far. So. What I didn't realize, so I knew, <clears throat> I knew going in, this was a much loved Final Fantasy game. Uh, a lot of people list it as their favorite, which <clears throat> is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of really good games in that series, so uh, it, it's cool to see. What I didn't realize going in is just how how I'll say innovative it was going to be, and what I mean by that is how many games have tried to copy it. I didn't realize that oh, yeah. Xenoblade took a lot from Final Fantasy X uh, in mm-hmm. in the way the story unfolds, in a lot of the characterization and various things here and there that I'm playing it. And I'm going, man, this feels a lot like Xenoblade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, keeping in mind, like the battle system is completely different and, and such, but just the way they present the game is very reminiscent. And I didn't I didn't realize that that would be a thing, and it's been kind of cool to. 
make that connection as I go. Um, and then there's just there's just little little things like the instant party swap and things that I just love uh, that I wish more games would do. Actually, wish that was one of my main complaints against Octopath, which is my favorite mm. RPG in a very very long time. Uh, mm. I wish I wish you could have just like hot swapped characters in and out. That would have been great. Um, but yeah, yeah, it it is what it is. Um, for uh, for a slightly older game at this point, Final Fantasy X, really solid. For some reason, I played it for a long time. I was really enjoying it. I just kind of dropped it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I intend to go back to it and and play a lot more because I, I was enjoying what I was playing for sure. All good. You know, it, it, it is one of those games where, you know, you play it, you take a break, but you come back, and it's like, wow, like, I feel... I feel like this rush to, you know, battle again. and It's also pretty linear, so it's going to be easier to just, like, jump right back into. Uh, at least at the beginning, it's, you know, I don't have I don't have a whole lot hmm. of options of where I'm going or anything. I'm pretty much on a path, and that's that's it, which I'm okay yeah. with. I don't, I don't even view that as a bad thing. Uh, it helps me get more of the story instead of just, like, wandering around this world for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? What did I need? Where am I? I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, I, I can say that there are definitely a lot of people who don't like that linearity at times because they grew up with, you know, like games like Final Fantasy VIII and Seven, and like just with no mini well, with a with a mini map without you know where telling you where to go. So it's nice to have some sort of linear path, and I don't mind it at all. Uh, I I think it's and if and if people I said before if, if you don't want the mini map, just turn it off. I mean. Yeah, and it's old. it's just two methodologies. Like I can see liking yeah. the mm-hmm. little less, am, you know, a little more ambiguous type world map where you, you know, you just kind of go and explore and have that adventure. I can see loving that. And I can also see wanting to just be guided from time to time. You know, so I don't think I don't think there's a really right or wrong answer there. No, not at all. Um, you know, it's I think it's one of those things where you just it's customizable. You know, you play how you like it. Uh, Although I do wish that, I wish I could hear the voice acting Japanese just because um, I am a big fan of Japanese <laughs> voice acting in these type of games. Uh, I do like the English voice acting so far, but it's nice to be able to swap every now and then to, you know, because I think, I think the characters may may express a bit differently depending on the language, you know. I, I like, it's evident in like different, even like when I watch animes like Cowboy Bebop, which is one of the best animes ever, uh, in Japanese or English, like the t- the tonality, the mm. the way people say things, it's it's it's, it's a bit different in a, in a very good way. And so I just want to be able to, I wish I had that option to hear different voice acting, but it's a very very minor thing. Yeah. So. Cool. And I have a question. I hope it's a quick answer question. It's not too sophisticated, but you know, I've always seen Final Fantasy X as the start of changes. In, in Final Fantasy, like it, for some reason, I, I imagine that it really changed the formula it from did. nine from mm-hmm. nine and before. And I wonder how much it did. Like, can Com- you completely? Can you tell it's a Final Fantasy game? Yeah. So the formula did change quite a bit. I mean, just I mean, when you went go from Final Fantasy nine to ten, you know, you're talking about no no dialogue boxes. There are none. It's just as if you're watching a movie with a controller at certain points in the cutscenes, uh, the, the art direction. Um, so with, uh, this might be a bit of a long answer. 
from Final Fantasy IX before, you know, there was there was more of an open world type of spiel where, you know, you you have this open world. There's there's different paths. There's like you can travel in in different paths, and uh, maybe you could do a side quest here and there, and spend more time doing that than the main story. With Final Fantasy X, it was a bit different. It's more linear, and um, they focus. I felt like they focused a lot more on the aesthetics of certain places that they've um, visualized. So, mm. like, like when you look at the grass, like you, there's just the like the different uh, strands and uh, the way they model the water. Like, it is way more detailed. So there's a there's definitely a graphical output difference, um, and also just the 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 art the path like just the, like you know open world versus linearity um yeah i'll say uh, i'll yeah. say final fantasy 10 turned a ton of systems on their head so the way you i mean literally the way you level up characters is different uh, oh yeah sure like the way different swords and weapons and such affect your actual abilities is different uh the party size is different it's three characters instead of the traditional four uh oh it's not the right. active time battle it's a it's a strictly turn based uh it i i mean i could go on it's a lot more it's a lot more linear it's more of an emotional character driven story than uh this this giant world that like, they're really really focusing on the characters themselves in terms of cutscenes they really want you to like the characters they're trying really really hard to make you like the characters I don't know. It's it's it. Your thought there that this is the uh, quote unquote end of the old Final Fantasy style. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is completely different in, in a lot of ways. Again, mm-hmm. not necessarily better or worse for it, just different. And you know, a lot of things need to evolve to actually survive. So I don't I don't mind it much. It's just it is definitely it's definitely different. Oh, yeah. nice. It's. And 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 it also attributes to the fact that there's a changing of guard in the in the the game producer. Um, you know, from Final Fantasy IX before, you had Hironobu Sakaguchi. Final Fantasy X, you have his uh, his successor or mentee, uh, Yoshinori Kitase. Um, I, I believe they have different ways of approaching an RPG, and so clearly evident in Final Fantasy X. So. Nice, man. I'm so glad I asked because everything, all the changes that you guys described, they sound right up my alley right now. I, I <laughs> At least oh. the type of RPG that I would want to play right now, it sounds like this one. Oh, man. I, yeah, you mean, you know, when I told y'all that I was going to pre-order it and get it day one, I mean, uh, I was not kidding. Like, that is that's how excited I was for, for this game. Like, uh, Now, I... I'm also excited for X2 as well, uh, but Final Fantasy X was definitely uh, the one that I wanted to... Uh, really get into to have that nostalgia of, of old Final Fantasies with new tricks, with just a brand new, well, new as in for me. <laughs> it's been this game's been out for a while, but uh, right. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I gotta be careful when I say that, but uh, yeah, it's I, I highly recommend it. Um, I, I would it it is a it is a it is a game that you should not miss. Um, and if you if for some reason if you're intimidated by RPGs, um, I I would. I would still make the jump and like like what Daryl has mentioned like there's days where he would just take a pause and take a break and then he'll go, c- come back to it uh, and you know it's it's that kind of game like it, there's no rush and uh, yeah I, I think it's a it's it's easy enough to get into uh, and 
and hard enough to you know really get to know the mechanics and and maximize your potential uh, with all your characters. I mean, just imagine the damage output you can do. I mean, you can go above nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. I mean, that's also a first in Final Fantasy yeah. uh, at the time. So, <laughs> which which I was always curious about at the time because why was why was the max always nine 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 nine? But Final Fantasy ten broke the mold. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no fair enough i mean you know it turns out you know breaking news final fantasy 10 pretty good game hey what do you yep, what do you yeah, know very good all right i mean with that i think i think those are at least most of the games we've been playing uh sergio you want to you want to take us to the end yeah for sure and you are correct it is time to jump out of here so thank you so much for listening if, if you would like to chat with us and with an awesome nintendo gaming community Please feel free to join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and on Instagram as Nintendo Jump. We also have a Facebook group. And as always, our episodes are on YouTube. You can leave us a comment there about anything we discussed today, any games you are playing, on anything or anything that you would want us to talk about in an upcoming episode. You can send us your feedback via social media or via email at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, the best way to do so is through our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash nintendojump. And another way to support would be by leaving a review in your podcast application of choice. We would really appreciate it. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Daryl and Kevin, thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Ba 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 da ba ba da ba 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 That is from Final Fantasy X. Uh, nice. I believe it's, I believe it's called uh, Spirian Scenery or Spira Unplugged. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you guys. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.